Hello, this is Dr. Ravi Chandra, psychiatrist and writer in San Francisco, and also a uh, the founder of SF Love Dojo, an organization teaching compassion and self-compassion in San Francisco. I'm recording this on Thursday, July 16th, 2020, and a lot's been going on in the world, and I'm just trying to stay with my feelings and also witness what's happening in my mind and in my heart as we go through these troubled times. So I'm recording this as a rather spontaneous meditation, and uh, hopefully it will help someone, and hopefully we'll be helping you if you're listening. So just find a comfortable position in your chair or lying down, whatever position's comfortable for you. As Jack Kornfield says, meditation is not about being right in any way, but finding a way to be comfortable and being comfortable with your body uh, and also comfortable with your heart and mind. Posture can help, though, with, uh, with all of this. So I'm sitting comfortably in my chair, with my feet firmly planted on the ground and my arms in my lap in front of me. And just breathing. Just take a few deep cleansing breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. want, you can inhale for two seconds or two counts, hold for two, or actually inhale for four counts, hold for two, and then exhale for six or eight counts. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, and exhale. Hold and exhale. As you exhale, just try to let all the tension and worry from the day and weeks fall away and just be here in this moment. And just relax into a normal breathing pace. And just let that rhythm flow. Just noticing the breath. Your eyes can be open or closed, whatever's comfortable for you.
It's normal for attention to wander. You might feel some tension in your body or mind and just, just notice it and bring your awareness back to your breath. just name it. If you're feeling any tension or distress, just name it. Label it. It's there. It's okay. We don't have to hide from the distress or suppress it. Actually, what meditation and mindfulness allows for is the awareness of the depths. Awareness of difficulty and creating a warm and spacious environment in your inner life to hold the distress and to work with it. So just notice whatever tension or distress you may have. And as your mind grows calmer with successive years of meditation, you might notice bubbles of distress rising. And then it's the task of your mind and heart to bring themselves to coherence around distress. Not just in your inner life, but in your relationships as well. I'm a great believer in these three things, mindfulness, compassion, and relationship. We can't begin to work through all the suffering in our lives, in our lives, excuse me, without relationship. No one can manage all the distress in the world in their own minds. We sometimes need a retreat from that distress just to regain our sense of selves. And that's where mindfulness and compassion are so important. So that's my organization, the SF Love Dojo, creating an inner practice hall to cultivate compassion and clarity. These practices have helped me. Just learning to breathe and cultivate compassion, to be more aware of my inner life, helps me 
in my own task of healing myself. It also helps me in relationships. Because relationships are the highest form of spiritual practice. They can also bring us great distress. And that's why we need an inner practice space to work with that distress. But we also need that foundation of an inner life to help us with relationships. We also need to be creative. Every person is on their own journey at dealing with inner life and relatedness. There's no, not necessarily any right way to do it. We may all have different approaches. And only we know what distress we're feeling. One of the problems I've encountered is that people can point to your distress and your vulnerability, your emotions, and dismiss them, saying, oh, there's something off with you, or there's something wrong with the way you're managing your distress. And some people, if they, they have no experience of a life of a person of color, a man of color, a woman, a trans person, etc., um, that lack of understanding can cause even more distress. But as we learn to understand our own distress and help others with their distress empathically, we become more related. Disconnection is at the root of all suffering, and the opposite of suffering is belonging. What would it feel like to belong to a society that accepted you, that loved you for who you are, society that could even help you find health on all levels, emotional wellness, mental wellness, whatever kind of wholeness there is available in this world. Healing is about finding wholeness. 
and no one can do this alone. People become people through other people. We are who happens to us and what we make of the happening. We are always in relationship from our first moments on earth, outside of our mother's womb, and throughout our lives, we're in some way related and involved with each other. We are all just children grown tall as adults. We can believe we're tall and strong, perhaps even invincible as individuals, as we're adults, but that's not really true. We're all vulnerable. When others are not well, we are not well. This time of COVID has shown that we are all dependent on each other in some way. To make healthy choices, caring not only for our own well-being, but also for the well-being of others. Wearing masks, keeping socially distant. But also maintaining and cultivating a sense of compassion and caring for ourselves and others. The mask is love. The mask is love, our love for each other, our respect for each other, our kindness for each other. Not everybody can wear a mask, I understand. doing the best we can. It's okay. This time of COVID places distress on many people. To not have our usual routines, to not be able to gather with friends as we once did, to not be able to go see movies or other uh, forms of entertainment or sociability. We are social beings, and it's hard. It's hard to manage our distress. We do the best we can.
this time of COVID has also been a great blessing in a way to really stop the momentum of so many things going wrong all at once. I don't need to name them, but everybody, I think, has some sense that things are not right with the world. And maybe COVID is kind of a, a blessing in this sense only, that we can stop and, and assess where we're at and just really get in tune with ourselves, our grief, our loss, to open us up to the preciousness of human life. Many of you may have lost loved ones, community members, friends. And that suffering will take time to heal. And we'll all need to be there for each other in our times of mourning as we work towards healing and wholeness. In the great suffering of racism, this great wound of racism, has risen so powerfully. We felt it before in our own individual and communal ways. We may have avoided it or dismissed it or not known what to do about it but it is there, it is real. And it's hard to face all the problems all at once. That's why we need these inner practice spaces and we need our relationships. Avoidance and dismissal puts pressure on the whole system. Just thinking that we can go about business as usual and allow some other authority to take responsibility to manage things, to move things, to outsource our own moral conscience to anyone else 
this is also a way of avoiding. Life is precious. And how have we avoided or dismissed that? How have we minimized the needs of others in pursuit of our own wants and desires? In the end, we're all vulnerable. We all need safety, belonging, and ultimately love. Only love can really heal, I think, these splits, these ways we have of shutting down, shutting ourselves off from the needs of others. So the question is, how have we avoided loving people who are different than us? How have we, by dint of circumstance, landed in our own bubbles and therefore less sensitive to the needs of others inhabiting their own lives, somehow distant, somehow removed. Thanks to COVID, perhaps there's been more space to be aware of the needs of others, particularly of black Americans. We need to hold and cherish those needs for safety, for belonging, for justice. We need to create space in our lives, in our hearts, our minds for helping in this noble necessary quest. It's unavoidable journey that we're all in together.
an Asian American, a man. But I've been connected in my own life to black community. And I'm disconnected from it by really no fault of anyone. It's just life just moves us in different directions, unfortunately. But that's on me, too. I strive to stay close to suffering and cultivate compassion and kindness and warmth and friendship. On the path of great belonging, Perhaps relationship is more important to me as an Asian American than many white Americans, for example, who tend to be more individualistic according to psychological research, but I know that's a generalization. Those who feel the imperatives of relationship, no matter your racial background will feel distress. Anyone who feels empathy will feel distress right now. Because it's hard. It's hard to be empathic when there is so much suffering and no clear path or answers yet. No certainty. Life is uncertain. We can't rest our feet on any plan or any leader in particular. There are many leaders. There are many voices. Everyone can be a leader in their own way. But again, we can't outsource our moral consciences. I think we can't continue to go on doing business as usual and expect that the world will just turn out. The future depends on so many people taking part 
taking action, whether it's voting, donating, talking to friends, keeping the issues of the heart alive and warm. May your relationships be warm and open and spacious enough help you on your journey and may you be open and spacious enough to be aware of the needs of others and to be helpful in whatever way you can be. We are who happens to us and what we make of the happening. People become people through other people. For me, I think the controlling and planning way of thinking causes problems in itself because it does take us away from our feelings and creates a split between mind and heart. And we must find ways to convene our mind-heart. To create a coherence, a wholeness, and a healing within. just to be with the distress that is, without blaming, although sometimes we do have to call things out when necessary, but I hope we can call each other in with compassion even more. problem with power and control and authority are that it casts a great shadow, a shadow that falls on the empathic, the wounded, those wounded by power itself. And power does not readily see its own shadow. Those who are in the shadow of power must find ways of pointing out the problems of the shadow.
power of love and of connection and relationships calls to us. And what all these pressures are calling out in us ultimately is, well, it's a lot of things. Anger comes up, frustration, despair, disappointment. And the cycles continue. Hope and betrayal are cyclical. But friendliness and compassion in our inner lives helps us in the outer world too. So whatever emotions you're experiencing to cultivate mindfulness, compassion, and relationship to them. To hold yourself tenderly is so important. I call friendliness and compassion the umami of the inner and outer lives. It's that extra flavor, just like umami, after sweet, salty, bitter, sour. Umami provides tastiness and deliciousness to our meals, and friendliness and compassion make our inner lives and outer worlds more tasty and delicious as well. So even in the midst of suffering, cultivate the umami of friendliness and compassion helps us, helps us heal. But anger can come up. And anger is unavoidable. It is perhaps necessary and unavoidable in human relationships or any relationship, I think. Anger from the shadow, from those feeling oppression Anger comes as a call to be heard and ultimately a call to be one, to be understood, to belong, to create a greater sense of belonging. As we transcend our imperfect relationships and hopefully allow ourselves to find a new, deeper, more empathic, connected, compassionate way of relating.
I don't think we found the limits of belonging yet in this country. So many things stand in the way of true belonging, safety, community. Just because they seem easier or they cause less distress, but we're all more connected now than perhaps we've ever been in our history. So we're at a new point, a new point of reassessment. To transcend to a, an America where we can dream a, a more well, a larger dream. Dream, dream, to dream a dream of, of greater unity, of healing, of reconciliation, of repair. A new awareness that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. doing our best. No one's perfect. We're all just doing the best we can, I think. But I think we can all do a little bit better. A little bit better. And maybe we just need to be heard. Well, I'm not casting judgment on anyone or blame. I just know that the anguish and agony of avoidance is so harmful. The anguish of feeling that one's thoughts needs, feelings, dreams are not valued by others, not respected. These are the dismissals of a culture that has relied too much on individualism, of telling others who fall outside the mainstream, quote-unquote, to uh, stuff their feelings or bottle them up or that they're not important compared to the mission or the needs of a smaller group. But our needs are all interconnected. They're interwoven. Individualism is not all bad. There have been some wonderful achievements by individuals. 
but our uniqueness as individuals has to be balanced with our connection to the group and the needs of the group as well, whether it's your family, your community, your church, your asanga, your college, or just the earth itself. If you're living alone, an individualist in the forest, you depend on the wellness of the earth. So we're all interdependent and related in some way, even if we're not always aware of it. So our relationship to those people, beings, ecosystems, a relationship, our relationships are our highest form of spiritual practice. So we start wherever we are to foster relationship. There may be friction, but the friction can help us get to that higher level of relationship, of deeper understanding. Breaking each other out of the bubbles that we inhabit whatever reason. Just making the bubbles aware of each other and considerate, more considerate of each other as we work towards our greater connection. We don't all have to agree with one another. I think we do have to recognize the importance of safety and belonging and how we provide or don't provide that to others. There are many waves in a sea change and your mind is just one wave. And however you bring understanding, empathy, relationship into your world makes a difference. just need to just settle a little more closely to hold this this distress tenderly and work with it creatively 
be aware of distress, to be aware of suffering. to keep an open heart and open mind to the relief of distress and suffering, to not outsource our problems to politicians or other leaders, certainly to be active in the world and do our responsible part in our political domains. But ultimately, it's not so much about the leader, although the leaders are important. But it's about your own journey of spiritual and moral conscience, compassion. Active compassion. protective compassion, and also the gentle compassion of listening. So return your attention to your breath. Let's just breathe here. Let your body be caressed by your breath. Feel the tension dropping. dropping away through your hands, through your fingers, through the soles of your feet. Just feel all the tension drop away. Feeling your own tenderness and compassion towards yourself as a being who suffers. And you are not alone in suffering. Suffering is a part of life. Life is difficult.
that you are a worthy being. Worthy of your own compassion and kindness. Even when it doesn't come from outside, you can cultivate it from within and also by working on it within whatever relationships you can. The more relatedness we can cultivate within and without, the healthier we are. And then more health we can bring to the world as well. And may even those who are avoidant of these messages, of the message of health and wholeness, may they too feel safe enough so they can also see their own human vulnerability, their own need for safety and belonging. And may they also work on providing those needs to others as well. Sometimes when I'm in conflict with someone, I try to remind myself they are just like me, just like me. Especially in this way, living in a body vulnerable, sickness, and old age, vulnerable to distress, frustration, May all beings be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all beings be free from, this, from suffering and the causes of suffering. again, just let that tension go. Everyone's on their own journey. But may our journeys touch each other in fruitful ways.
Now just return your awareness to your breath in the room where you're at. Take a few deep breaths. And just let your mind come to ease. And when you're ready, return to the room. You can open your eyes. And thank you for listening to this meditation. I'm Ravi Chandra, psychiatrist and writer here in San Francisco. And you can check out more meditations and talks at sflovedojo.org. And you can find access to my writings at ravichandramd.com. Thank you so much.